Here we are, guys, episode 267 of the Brew Chat Podcast. And as usual, it's brought to you by Riverside Wine Spirits, located on Manufacturers Road. Halloween is coming up this weekend, so get down there and get your libations for, I guess, sitting at home alone in a costume, because that's all you can pretty much do this year. But enjoy that. Get something good for yourself. Get some uh, nice whiskey or something. So get on down there, Riverside Wine and Spirits, right on Manufacturers Road. And then Merchants on Main on Main Street across from Pax Brew Room. They've got some of my photography in there for sale, so go check that out. But they've got tons of great gift ideas, antiques, vinyl, other photographers' work, paintings, soaps, hangover patches, you name it. And then at Barley Tap Room on MLK on November 14th, I'm hosting a photo show with another photographer. So come check that out. Should be pretty fun. And then you can also find us on the Hopped Up Network at thehoppedupnetwork.com or wherever podcasts are sold, including Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all that. And then at brewchat.com, where we've got a fresh new website for you. So go check that out. Let's pour some beers. Yeah, I didn't even know it. I had. Uh, I guess I put that in there at some point. Forgot I put in a. <laughs> Actually, I was gonna take that one. Got a weird mark on this glass. All right. But uh, yeah, welcome, guys. It is just Jared and I for this episode. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, yeah. welcome to your dining room, Tanner. I thought it might be a good idea to have a chill episode after we were kind of having to hustle on that Oktoberfest that we did last week with the Houston Museum. Yeah. Which was fun. It was just a lot of... technical difficulties. Yeah, I wouldn't even say technical difficulties, just some difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it was technical. We learned a little bit about power. Yeah. That was the lesson there. That was. That was really interesting. And yeah, for any of you guys out there that might be listening... Not metaphorical power, but... Yeah, yeah, like literal electricity power is... um, We had planned to have like, you know, a little more that we wanted with the stream, which did go off without pretty much a hitch. Like it went very well on our end. And I'd say the museum's end as well. It just, you know, I think there was a little issue with the uh, Zoom account or something like that. I'm not sure what, but. um, And then yeah, the power. Yeah, it's in an old ass house. And I didn't even think that the stuff we were using was consuming that much power. And we even tried running it to different circuits and whatnot. And mm-hmm. yeah, just not enough power to like run the spare screen or yeah, things have, like that. Have two audio channels. Yeah. Yeah. That was the strangest one to me is the zoom recorder would not let us plug more than one microphone into it. That was super, that like, if yeah. you notice in the stream, we've got one microphone sitting in the table well, Jared and I are on separate mics now. We've got four or five here at the table we're at. And yeah, for whatever reason, the Zoom recorder would not get enough power to pull phantom power to a second microphone. I've never had that problem. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah. And but it is a really old place. 
Yeah, it's super old. They said like, she, well, they, they opened it as a museum in 1951, 1961? 1960s, somewhere around there. And then I asked her, the house was built in like 1890s, somewhere in there. So Okay, yeah, so pretty old. But yeah, it was a good event. The yeah. YouTube video is up. So if you watched it live and want to watch it again, you can do that. I've edited it down a little bit, so you don't have quite, I guess, the bloopers, if you will, <laughs> um, that comes with a live event. So it's just the raw file. It's about an hour long. So you can go check that out on our YouTube channel. I think the Houston Museum is going to put it on theirs. And then, yeah, just cut it up, put up a little before recording this. Yeah, well, that's cool. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really interesting. I didn't think I would be as interested in all the Steins as I was. I mean, yeah. I knew they were cool and I liked looking at them and stuff, but the stories behind them all. Yeah, were really it was neat. same. Yeah, is when I first started like working with these people, I was kind of like trying to find a way to get interested, you know, because I got introduced to them not through the Oktoberfest stuff, just mm-hmm. as a client situation. And I was trying to get into it and find ways of getting interested so I could do a good job and whatnot for another video. And then they started talking about the Steins, and it was like, oh, this is interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they've got all sorts of stuff down there, though. Like, I don't know. Yeah, just watch the Oktoberfest stream. They They talk about that a little bit. The uranium glass or whatever it is. Which, did she say it glows? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it glows. Super toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Incredibly toxic. Unlike what we're drinking here, this Oktoberfest. Yeah, I've had this. Uh, it's kind of exciting. It's like we're finally getting to open our Christmas on present or presents on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Because I'd been hoarding Oktoberfest since like July because they start releasing. Yeah. And I wasn't really letting us drink any because I needed to have them for this Oktoberfest event. Uh, at the Houston Museum. So now that that's over, all the ones we didn't get to drink, we now get to crack into. Mm-hmm. And this is a special one I was saving. This is from Rar and Sons Brewing Company, the Oktoberfest barrel-aged Mars and Lager. And I think you had been asking, like, why aren't I had, Oktoberfest yeah, ever barrel Just before you showed me this, actually. Yeah. I was, uh, well, last week before you showed me it. Uh, I was saying I hadn't seen a barrel-aged Oktoberfest. And I was wondering if it had to do with just respect for the style or, you know, just not wanting to overdo it on mm-hmm. something that's supposed to be, you know, generally lighter, you know, medium bodied and easily consumable in large quantities. And you wouldn't necessarily want something that's, I think this is 9.8%, 9.6. I said it somewhere on here and I can't find it. Yeah, 9.6. But... Um, I was really surprised either way that I hadn't seen anyone mm-hmm. try to do that. And here we are. The next, not like five minutes after I originally brought it up, that we were pulling this guy out. And it looks, uh, it tastes really good, actually. Looks yeah, good. it's really good. And the packaging's pretty cool. It's a little overproduced. Yeah, it's uh, a gold box you get I thought we were getting a bottle in there, but oh, here. It's, it's like a nice, sturdy little box. Like that a nice whiskey or something would come in, then you open it and two cans drop out. Took our award-winning Oktoberfest Meritzen Lager and aged in, an, in American oak bourbon barrels for 12 weeks. The result is an impressive blend of oak, caramel, toffee, vanilla, and spice. You're welcome. Prost, y'all. 
Oh, here we go. Box contains two 12-ounce cans. Fine. I thought it was going to be a bomber. That would be cool. In here, yeah, that's what I thought. Is I thought it was going to be like a weird-shaped little bomber, which it does say on the box, yeah. two 12-ounce cans. I just hadn't noticed that. We drink a lot. It makes me wonder if you could age this a little bit because, I don't know, I would say if you aged a regular Oktoberfest, it's not going to do anything but turn a little popcorny and diastole, I would yeah. imagine. But this is... You know, whiskey shit, so. I think it's Maybe. a little, I always think it's a little bit much when these, when anything like this is barrel aged. I don't know if that's because of the way they do it, if they really just use chips or something, the bourbon chips, oak bourbon chips, hmm. or if they actually stick it in the barrels, or maybe if instead of 12 weeks, they would just do it for eight or nine. Yeah. And it doesn't say on here. It says aged in barrels for 12 weeks. Okay. I was, yeah, I was wondering uh, yeah, if they use chips or... Otherwise, I guess they'll say like aged with oak. Yeah. Yeah, that's the clincher. That's, that's the spin on that yeah, is aged with. with. Mm-hmm. In is it's all up in it. All up in it. No, it's pretty good. I, I do yeah. feel like uh, the bourbon kind of overpowers any sort of maltiness. It usually does, though. It's the same thing with all those Kentucky bourbon beers. Those ones are way in your face with bourbon, no matter which style you get. Mm -hmm. And they're really expensive. You know what it reminds me of, the taste? And this is weird. It reminds Mm -hmm. me of an experience. Is it reminds me of, and sadly we we won't get it this year, as it's officially been canceled. But it reminds me, like, you get a little bit of the maltiness in there, get a little bit of the beer, you get a little bourbon. And it reminds me of hanging out with the Barley Mob at Main 24. Yeah. Because one or two of them always has a flask on yep. them. And it's usually some good bourbon. Oh, yeah. Or whiskey of some kind, which I think bourbon is whiskey. Whiskey is bourbon. Bourbon Square is, is a rectangle. whiskey. You know, yeah. I don't know. But, Scotch and bourbon are both types of whiskey. Okay, okay. But Scotch has to... You know, scotch is specific yeah. and, and bourbon is specific. But it reminds me of hanging out with those guys. Is because the Oktoberfest makes me feel like cool temperatures. And for whatever reason, it's never been like super cold for Maine 24. Yeah. It's always like, at least during the day, it's a decent temperature. So yeah. like hanging outside during the day, sipping a little beer, maybe eating a hot dog, sipping a little whiskey. Maybe eating another some hot chili dog. Or something. Yeah, some chili. That's what this beer reminds me of. And I like it. I like it too. I wait I think it could tone back just a little bit on the barrel age, but same. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's good. It makes me want to drink their regular Oktoberfest. Cause they say they take their classic recipe or whatever and age it. Is there a way if you're putting a beer in a barrel to gauge how much alcohol content that barrel is going to soak into that beer? Probably. Or is it just kind of like, let's just see where it ends up. We know what the the OG is for the beer. You can probably predict a little bit. And we're putting in this barrel and we know it had this, or this bourbon in it that was, I don't know, 40 proof or whatever bourbon is. Mm-hmm. Or 
you could probably gauge it, but I imagine it's just kind of wait and see. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, if you've been doing it for long enough, mm. you get like, okay, we age we age it in this beer for this long and the ABV increased by this much. Yeah. Or how whatever math you would use. Mm-hmm. But I guess you get used to it and you can you could probably predict within 0.5 ABV once you get the hang of it. Yeah, I guess I'm asking like... Maybe within it, one. Which, I mean, this would be a dumb thing exactly. to do is try to brew one of your first beers home brewing and trying to barrel age it. That's a dumb thing to do, but if you were going to barrel age something for the first time, like if you brew something for the first time, there's very specific measurements, stuff yeah. like that, you can use to gauge the alcohol content. But I don't really see how you would have that with a barrel unless you've got experience brewing with, you know, every time you've barrel-aged, you use Chattanooga whiskey barrels. So you know how yeah, long to leave something. Okay. But there's, I don't see how there could be necessarily like an official, like, there's no universal like, well, if you age it six weeks, it'll have this, it'll add 2% alcohol, right. you know. Yeah, because it's not always in the same style of liquor. Yeah. And it's not always the same. Yeah, no, it's it's going to yeah. be different. There's yeah. no standard. There's no there's no analog of like, well, for every 2 months you age it, you get 2% of alcohols added to your ABV. Yeah, there's not so, really a constant. Yeah. Although between uh distilleries, you could probably get a constant. Yeah, it's so like everything from Jameson or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they're all Jameson whiskey barrels, do, you know, affect it in this way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, you know, increase the ABV by 2.3% uh, over 12 months, and it'll give this much Jameson flavor to it. Yeah, and it'll, it just gets to that point. You're brewing on such scale that you can turn it around and experiment with that pretty quickly. Yeah. But yeah. Kicking it off strong tonight. And uh, we're also drinking on this sipper here that I brought from Big River. And this is the Tart Peach Sour. And I think this guy's pretty tasty as well. It's colored like a peach and smells fruity. Like not, a fine Georgia like, peach. Yeah. It's not super peachy, I don't think. But you get that flavor kind of at the end. It goes down real easy. It does. Yeah. I almost get a bit of apricot or apricot, mm-hmm. however you want to say it. Yeah. I don't know about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of how it smells. I'm not a fan of how it looks. I thought it was a Mertzen. Isn't that what it says on the can? Yeah, this is Four Hands Marzen-style lager from St. Louis, Missouri. ABV. But it looks like a Pilsner. Their Fest beer is what it's called. Yeah, but it's it's like straw colored. It's not this beautiful burnt orange that the Rarin Sons is. Given this, that one is barrel aged, so. Yeah. Yeah, but an October, like a yeah, it that Nerdson, is Oktoberfest, yeah. Fest beer, like they're all that. This does look like a Pilsner. Yeah, they're like brat colored mm-hmm. or like 
pumpkin colored or, you know, fall leaves colored. This is definitely lighter. I don't think I like this very much. That's different. Yeah, I don't think I'm a fan of it either. Pairs with bratwurst and pretzels. It doesn't. It doesn't do much. Yeah, it's real inoffensive. So of course it pairs with pretzels. Pretzels are inoffensive. Mm -hmm. It's just twisty bread. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I like it. It's not bad. It's just. It's like a like a dirty and, pilsner. And maybe we should have led with that one because it already doesn't have a ton of flavor or anything going on. Yeah. But we drank it after this Raw and Sons Oktoberfest, which has a ton of flavor. So by comparison, this one just seems like real weak. It does, but it's it's kind of growing on me. It's got the flavor of an Oktoberfest. Like that, that really dirty, earthy maltiness. But it's lighter bodied, at least lighter, lighter so than this Oktoberfest. It's extremely but, light bodied. Yeah. That's kind of growing on me. Because it does say Merton style lager. Mm. So, you know, brewed in the same way, but with, I guess, maybe different ingredients. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to give a pass on that one. I like the picture on the front. This, like, spread eagle griffin. Weird. I'll crack another one here. The label on this one is why I bought this one. I think it's just such a good name. No, you. What do we? What do we got? Viper. You know, you go to the bathroom. You're finishing up. You know, it takes you a little time, but what do you call that time? The wipers time. The wipers time. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, the wiper right. time beer. This is uh, four grains, four herbs. Uh, I feel dumb asking this, but what is 33 CL? CL? Yeah. Is that a metric C measurement? Centiliters. Centiliters. Okay. 33 centiliters. Six or 6.2% ABV. And it's a blonde. It's it is measured in centiliters. Kazamatan. Kazamatan Brewery. So this is some OG Belgian specialty ale. Casamatten right. um, Brewery in Belgium. Ooh. And Hootenpard. I guess I can't understand. So I think that was the the city I was talking about. Oh, Hootenpard. 
Okay, kind of minimalistic sort of front on here on the bottle. I like the color. It's like a sandy with black. It's almost like a champagne sort of color. The wiper times 14. Kazamatan. Smells kind of champagne Like some champagne yeast in there. Oh, it does smell champagne-y. Almost like that. Uh, Ooh, that's good. I'm going to save the other one for Brian Bender. I think he would like this. Ooh. Yeah. This tastes like it's the kinda shit. Like, um, kind of like a green apple. Yeah. That is something. I guess just a Belgian ale. It just says Belgian. Yeah. Hmm. It's real smooth on the mouthfeel, too. Yeah, it's creamy. Yeah. But it's but bubbly. Get in the dump bucket for this four hands. I don't know if I'm going to dump it. Yeah, I definitely get like some sweet apple. Now, does this say best before 9317? I can't really, mm. I don't really understand that because it says, yeah, I'm end not of sure. Or something like that, used by end of. Whatever it says, it's right not below necessarily it. a date spot, though. No, there's, yeah, it's I like an know. import spot. Yeah, I think that's a thing for the import tax. Okay. Because it does say Florida next to it, and it's uh, imported by DNV International, which is in Jupiter, Florida. Hmm. Jupiter. I like this a lot. I do too. And for $3.99, $3.99 a pop. Like this is one of those things, which even if it did say 317 or yeah. 917 or 2017, even if it did say that, I would dare say you could probably stash this up for a bit. Yeah, probably. It being a Belgian. It's pretty tasty. And like sort of the way it tastes. Yeah, either way. I like this I'm a lot. I'm it. Mm-hmm. This and the uh, Roar and Sons, I'm really enjoying tonight. Your your peach fuzz there, that's uh, real tasty. What was that called? The tart peach sour. Yeah. It is a little tart. I don't think it's overwhelmingly tart. I've had some tart ones. Oh, yeah. I'll have to look back through the episodes and see which beer it was that made me go, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to look back through. I was going through pictures because we just redesigned the website, got a new website up, and I was going through pictures to like put on the website, not as like galleries, but to use as like backgrounds and stuff on yeah. the website. And there was like some stuff that we did that I just kind of forgot about. But it's like, oh yeah, there was that. Like, uh, 
when we did the podcast in front of feed down there for main 24. Yeah. It was pretty cold at that main 24. That's when um, yeah. our buddy Duncan's dad swung by. Yeah. And he was wasted and yeah. like, sat on in with us for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brian Bender went on his walkabout. That's right. And then there was something else. There was like several barley mob meeting pictures in there that I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. 24 hours of drinking will do that to you. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I like this a lot. It Yeah, it tastes kind of like apple Like apple champagne, that's what I. But like natural apple, not like mm-hmm. fake apple. Yeah. And yeah, like I can a get down with that. Like a sweet honey crisp apple mm-hmm. or something. Not yeah. Pretty tart, pretty dry. Yeah, definitely different that's good Kazamatan Belgian brew is that what it was Browerish Kazamatan Browerish it's probably brewery yeah that's definitely brewery on there for sure Man, I wanted to tell you about this camping trip I went on and tell everybody else okay. about it because uh, just will say don't try to camp in the rain. Mm-hmm. You saw me on the way out because I swung by your house to fill up my water tank I've got in the back of my truck. Yeah. And we went up towards Ray County. We were in Ray County, I'm pretty sure. Really gorgeous night on Friday evening. Like cooked some food. The whole thing was supposed to be like Okay, October's been kind of crazy. Me and my lady friend, it was kind of crazy for her, kind of crazy for me. Let's have a nice little like weekend, like vacation situation. So we were like, we'll go up here, be able to kayak, maybe do some fishing because 2020 is weird as hell and I've got a fishing license now. So I might as well use that. Sure. And yeah, I got up there, had a real nice evening uh, on Friday. Perfect weather, set up camp, cook some dinner. And we looked at the weather. Even before we headed out, we looked at the weather and it's like the rain was fluctuating. We were like, nah, we can deal with a little bit of rain. We got a lot of a lot of bit of rain. And we went into it thinking we would get a little bit of rain. And so even still, we put the easy up up over our tent, like one of those canopies. Put it the one we used at Main 24. Put yeah. it up. Over our tent, because that's usually how I've survived. Uh, like a, I survived a hailstorm one time by camping, and I threw that easy up canopy over my tent and then dropped it down real low. So you had to like squat to get under it, mm-hmm. and then tied all of that down and survived a hailstorm with tornado warnings. That was kind of my metric for being like, no, I survived that crazy storm with winds kicking around all crazy. Yeah, and it hailed. Okay, that was kind of crazy. I survived that. I can survive rain. And I've survived rain like where it's 
come like how it rained a little here earlier. I don't know if you happen to run through it, but not on my way here. I, I saw remnants of it. Okay, yeah, just like a steady rain, not super hard or anything. So we go to bed, put the easy up over the tent, hoist it down, tie it down, just I was like, well, it says there's going to be thunderstorms. It feels great outside. I don't see where this is coming from, but let's do this just in case. Like 1 a.m., the sky opens up, and it's some of the hardest rain I've seen, period, in my life. Wow. And, yes, I stood up to hail. I stood up to hail, or the tent did, and wind, but it could not stand up to the amount of rain. There was no wind with the storm. It was just lightning, thunder, and rain. Little to no wind. And it just dumped water on us. And so... Did you get those, like, big, fat fucking raindrops? Oh, yeah. Splatter? Yeah. Yeah. Massive raindrops. Super hard rain. And so then at about, I don't know, 3.45 in the morning, (laughs) uh, something comes crashing down on me in my tent. And I, in my head, I think it's a tree and I'm done for. Oh, my God. And because what wakes me up is the buckling of the easy up breaking. Wow. That's what woke me up. What? And I was like, something's falling on the tent. Like, I'm talking, this was like a split second thought process because I heard the buckling of the easy up and that started buckling in like split second thought process. Fuck, a tree is falling on the tent. It wasn't. I knew immediately what it was, is at some point, and I knew that Easy Up was susceptible to this, and I double-checked it before I went to bed. But if it, if it's not set up exactly the right way, or something bumps it and knocks it, the supports coming out like, there's supports that go in like an X to each yeah. corner, and if those are not properly like locked in, so they're like tight. Oh, no. It will allow water to collect. Oh, and no. so just from raining from 1 a.m. to 345 or whenever this was, 3.30, 3.45, it allowed enough water to collect that it collapsed the easy up on top of the tent. Holy shit. And so once I realized what's happened, I get out and I'm running around, like throw my rain jacket on. I'm running around in the pouring rain trying to figure out what's happening. There's like 10 gallons of water that's collected on top of this thing and just sitting on the tent. <laughs> oh my God. And luckily, <laughs> I've never used this thing, but I've got this little pump for my kayak in case you're traveling and water gets in your kayak and you can pump water out of the inside of your kayak with okay. it. Grabbed that and started pumping water because I couldn't lift like the tent up to like just dump it out. Plus I was afraid of getting water inside of All the, up tent. In the tent. Yeah. And oh so God. I just started pumping water out of it. Worked magically, pumped all the water out and then dumped it. That was fine. Hoisted the easy out back up. What's well, broken. Like it's literally like a piece snapped off. And I think I'm like, I'm kind of wow. lucky that a didn't jab the tent. And B didn't jab me because it's like a shard of broken metal. Oh, man. So hoist. I take the oars from the kayaks and use that to hoist the easy up canopy up because it just had to be up tight enough so it couldn't allow water to collect. Yeah. So I hoist that up in a way that I think will more or less hold until the morning. And 
go back to sleep, but I can't go to sleep because I'm laying there. I'm like, huh, I wonder if this is going to collapse again. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just kind of lay there having one of the worst nights of sleep of my life. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, I get up the next morning and survey the damage. Ended up having to toss my tent and the easy up. Both were ruined. Oh, <laughs> Didn't Jeez. didn't you even just got bother. The tent too. It was seems that way. I've had it about four years. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I didn't feel too bad tossing it. It was like a fifty dollar tent that okay. I've had for four years. I've had some good adventures with it. And testament to that tent, despite all that, it was still dry on the inside. So tent's a good tent. Yeah. Structurally, it had like a bunch of water dumped on top of it with a small tent like structure on top of that. Yeah. But. Yeah, the oh, tent crazy. was pretty much fine. It was just like, I don't know. It was just, it was in bad shape after that. The easy up was destroyed after that. So we just loaded up and came back one night of camping. And that was that. I'm still sore from it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so a don't, rough going. Yeah, don't camp in the rain. Yeah, it's never, never a good idea camping in the rain. And then my phone. Oh my God, all that three in the morning. Yeah. Two, three in the morning. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Plus, even outside of being paranoid, like if when you get woken up by adrenaline and you have to like start doing shit immediately and solving a little puzzle, yeah. you're you're awake at that point. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, they make alarms even that make you do a little puzzle to yeah. get to it. Like um, you know, a little combination before you can open the glass mm. case to get inside and turn it off or something like that, but I hate that. Yeah. I would not want that. I get that it gets your brain going. So maybe, maybe I don't know, mm -hmm. we'll try it out. I mean, it was fun. It was exciting. I don't regret going. It was an experience. Mm -hmm. But even like this time, I've gone camping numerous times where there's been a chance of rain. And I'm, I thoroughly accept. I'm just like, eh, if it rains a little bit, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I'll cover some wood. I'm, I'm prepared. Uh, I feel like I went to battle and all my troops got decimated. Every preparation I had, for the most part, got obliterated. Wow. And so now I'm without tent. Well, I've got a backup in my truck, so I'm not without tent. But I was already loosely shopping for a new one. Did you get the other one more recently? Or have you had that one for a while? No, I've, to be honest, I don't know where I got the second tent is I cleaned out my truck last week at some point before this trip. And I just have all my camping stuff in the back of my truck. And I cleaned it out. There was another tent in there. Hmm. Like a small little three-person, maybe just two-person. But don't know where it came from. Hmm. Like, no idea. So if something goes down and I need to camp, I can camp. <laughs> but... I don't see that happening. I mean, I'm still sore from battling the yeah. water Friday yeah, I've, night. So I've definitely been camping in lots of rain before. I think yeah. that was it's pretty miserable. Like middle school or something like that. Yeah. I used to do wilderness trips with 4-H, mm -hmm. and we did a camping one. <clears throat> We'd do like whitewater rafting and caving and stuff. We'd mm -hmm. camp at all of them, obviously. But yeah, there was one time when it was just, I think it was a hiking trip, which sucked to begin with because I hate hiking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I went on it. <clears throat> but yeah, setting up camp and just at the end of it, it was like 
you know, three day hiking trip. And the last night was just fucking rain all night. And we had, we had to pick everything up and put tarps down and all that. The spot we found was barely good enough. And it was like on a slant. So there was constantly like water running underneath Mm. us and everything. And it was just like sharp rocks and just so much water. There was, there was probably like an inch, inch and a half of water. So it didn't even matter for the tarp that was, was underneath our tents. Oh yeah. Cause it flowed under and above and it, pulled it out of the ground because the ground got all softened up and it just slid right out. Yeah. Camping in the rain. I used to think when I was a kid, like, you know, we, we would go on camping trips and stuff and I guess it was just tent technology has come further or we just had shitty tents. I don't combination of the two. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I just assumed if you're camping and it rains, you get wet. That's just part of it. But since I've gotten older and bought my own tent and stuff, the tent I had, I never got wet inside. I've slept in numerous rainstorms up until this this one. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, had the Easy Up not collapsed on it, it would still be fine. Yeah. It's just it broke some poles and shit. Like, But it never got water Mm. on the inside, even with broken poles and whatnot. Um, so it was a good tent and I liked it because you know how tents have that, like, it's not the tent fabric on the bottom of the tent. It's like a tarp material. Yeah, it's like heavy duty tarp. Yeah. It had that, but it went up a little higher on the sides. So mm-hmm. even dumping like 10 waters and pumping it out and it flowing under the tent, I never slept, use this tent with a tarp underneath it. Mm-hmm. I just put it yeah. right on whatever. That's nice. And it was fine. So... But currently looking for a new tent. This was a three-person tent that I said goodbye to. I think I want to get me like a four- or five-person tent just because I've got... It'd be nice just to have a little more room. Mm-hmm. Was tent. it you who was telling me that uh, a tent big <coughs> enough to fit like two double beds is the way to go or something like that? No. Somebody was saying that. sounds that. like a yurt. Two yeah. double beds. Well, like, I mean, that it sounds fit, fit luxurious. Exactly. Like yeah. nothing but like just the mattresses mm. for them. Mm. Maybe like two blow up mat, two double yeah. double blow up mattresses or something like that. Mm. But I thought I could have sworn that was you that said that's the way to go. Maybe not the bed. Maybe but not. Like, but I do want to get a bigger tent like that, just because I was shopping for one before this, which made me throwing this one, tossing it a little easier to handle. But I had been wanting one just because I've camped in enough like light rainstorms, like a day like today where it's kind of overcast, it may rain in the next five minutes. It may not a day like that where you can't just really hang outside, outside of the tents or go camp around your campsite or whatever, Mm -hmm. or do any of the outdoor stuff you do when you're camping. Yeah. It'd be nice to have like a good little indoor space with the option to hang out in there with enough room rather than be being hunched up in a tent, like being cooped up in your tent when it's raining is miserable to me. Yeah. So know, even it's though kinda, it's rare. It's kind of cozy. It, it is rain. cozy, but it's like the tent I had, it was a little too cozy. Because mm. you don't have room to do anything. Like, Yeah. You can't even like stand up. It's literally for sleeping. Yeah. You can't stand up in there. And like, yeah, you can't do anything. Like you couldn't even play cards. 
or something like there's not enough room to do that. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. It's literally like we can lay in here and sleep and maybe read, but it'd be nice to have it where you could yeah, like, have some space to do shit. Yeah. Play cards even is, yeah. I don't think that's too much to ask. Yeah. Well, it, it was too small. Like you couldn't have someone in there. Like, I don't know, trying to put on a shirt with someone else in there. Like it, it was cramped in there. So, you know, and I've had that tent for several years and it's done me good, but I'm going to get me a new one. I don't know what I'm going to get yet. Cause I'm definitely getting one that's waterproof. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the Coleman. Mm-hmm. So far so good with Coleman. Everything oh. I've seen. I think the one I had was some brand on Amazon called like Alpine or something like that. And I don't need some crazy tent. I'm not backpacking or going up Everest. Mm-hmm. You know, I just need a good, like, decently, decently decent three-season tent. Does Yeti make tents, too? Or are they just, like, coolers and stuff? I think they're just coolers and cooler accessories. Yeah. Yeah. Thermoses and yeah. stuff. I feel like tents would be a, a logical step in the next direction. Yeah. Or sleeping bags. Or sleeping bags, yeah. I wonder if they make tents of sleeping bag material for winter camping. Maybe. I feel like that would be warm as shit because I don't know if you ever camped in super cold weather, but if it's super cold, I'll shove my head into the sleeping bag and close it up at the top. Yeah. So it gets your warm breath down in there. Mm -hmm. And I imagine if you are... uh, like, it's just a bigger sleeping bag at that point. Yeah. I yeah. see why not. And then just with the tent material. Mm-hmm. But with, like, the fuzzy inside. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I was going to say, otherwise it wouldn't be, like, waterproof. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, let's see why not. Yeah, so camping didn't work out. It was kind of a bummer because it was also... Supposed to be like the final hurrah of the kayaks for the season mm-hmm. before I throw it into storage. And that didn't happen. It was just a muddy mess. Yeah, you don't want to go kayaking when it's nah. thunder and lightning nah. and stuff raining all over. Nah. It's just a miserable time. Dangerous with lightning, but miserable yeah. anytime. Yeah, it if was you're all, out on the yeah. water in the rain in a fucking kayak. Yeah. Which I have been. It's miserable. And yeah, it's just no fun. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to crack another beer here. Okay. This is something I found down at Riverside. We don't have a lot of ciders on here usually, unless we have a guest that requests ciders or gluten free. But this just caught my eye because I like a good caramel apple. I, I already don't like it based on the color. But this is from Blake's Hard Cider Company. It is a caramel apple hard cider at 6.5%. Uh-oh. 6.5 is not so bad. Eh, it's a little too sweet for me. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, it definitely smells like a caramel apple. That's interesting. The, it's actually weird. The caramel doesn't hit you until like the way back end. 
And then the caramel's like, lying behind. It's like, no, wait, wait. Caramel's here. Caramel's here. A bright green. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, right? A bright green apple dripping with caramel sweetness. Sutter with a story at blakeshardcider.com. Independently owned. I'm surprised they have a little dry sweet meter over here. I think they could turn that meter up a little bit. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. It's about like if you just drank a regular hard cider with a Werther's Original in your mouth. Mm. That's about what it tastes like to me. Crafted on our farm. Yeah, I uh, I actually kind of like these Blakes in general. I like this now that I've gotten over the initial sweet shock. I like that the caramel hangs around for a bit. I've only had one sip and I still taste caramel. <clears throat> Heather really likes the um, grizzly pear from Blake's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty good, too. Yeah. It's a little sweet, but it's cider. I know we've had those ciders that are like blue cheesy and stuff like that, but as far as general consumption ciders go, these are pretty good. And they have a bunch of interesting flavors like this caramel apple. Like I said, that grizzly pear. And then um, there's like a habanero something. It might be like a mango or pineapple habanero or something like that. I don't think I've seen that one. I think it's over at, I've seen it at Vine and Barrel. Mm. This would be good to like bake a pie or a cake with, I feel. Like take a yellow cake. This is uh, mm. I don't bake. I cook quite a bit, but I don't bake. But I feel like if you took some yellow cake and replaced any of the water content in the yellow cake with this beer. Yeah. And then put some fried apples, mm -hmm. and maybe a little honey and caramel within like the batter mm -hmm. as you put it in the pan and then bake that bitch. Yeah. I feel like that would be a tasty treat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is growing on me. I wish it was a beer. I wish it was like a yeah. Blondale or something, or like a cream ale. It's a little too sweet. It's good. I really like the flavor of it, but it's a little too sweet for me as I poured us maybe about four ounces a piece and I'm about halfway done and I'm about done. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's about all I need of this. It's good though. Yeah, I'm not going to go but crushing a very six pack. <clears throat> yeah, after a while, you can sort of feel it in your teeth. Which, that's caramel. I mean, yeah, if true. I take a caramel, I'll eat that caramel for 30 minutes. Yeah, flavor, though, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm dumping the four hands. Yeah, yeah I had to do that, too. It's probably my least favorite of, of the evening. Yeah, I think so as well. I think I would put this above it. <clears throat> yeah, I'd go four hands on the bottom and then this here, caramel apple. And then, oh, the top three are rough. I think I like this wipers times as my number one. Same, yeah, the wiper time. And then... 
I'm going to say a tie for second and third between this Big River Peach Sour and this uh, Oktoberfest from Raw and Sons. Yeah. They're two super different beers, but they uh, they both fall in right about that same spot in comparison to the other beers we've had tonight. Yeah, I did maybe want to crack one more. Well, I'm down with that, too. I don't know what yet, though. I put a couple different ones in the cooler over here. But, uh, dude, I went and, uh, first of all, I want to talk about cell phones. All right. Is, so my cell phone's been acting weird. I've had no problems with it up to this point. I did find out that it's a four-year-old phone. But it's been a fine phone. It's LG V20. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, it started a thing uh, about a month or two months ago where it'll ding like I have a text message notification or something. It'll do it about once an hour, but it'll do it three times. And huh. I can't find, I can't figure out what app is causing it to do the notification or any of that. I've turned off all notifications. I've reset the whole phone and it still does it. And then I've got a fingerprint scanner on the back of the phone that I would use for passwords and stuff. Mm-hmm. It just quit working about a week ago. It was like, uh, it's like the feature doesn't even exist on the phone anymore. Hmm. And then on top of that, there's a couple other little weird mm-hmm. software issues that have been happening that I assumed as they were updating the software, it just, my phone started getting buggy. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked at some cell phones yesterday. I probably can get a new phone tomorrow. And I was going to get one today, but evidently Verizon's system was down and they couldn't activate new phones. Of course. But I was pretty surprised because for the most part, I don't know. I feel like we got to an era with cell phones where pretty much all cell phones were, they, they're just modeled after the iPhone. Yeah. Like you've got yeah, a, li- a little screen. germ brick that's got cameras on the back, volume buttons on the side, mm-hmm. and it's touch screen. And that's that. Just who can do that better is pretty much where we're at. Right. Which is cool. Let's, uh, I mean, that works, but also like seeing innovation. And I like seeing. Well, I, you might be getting to this. Have you seen some of the new Samsung phones? Um, well, I looked at one, and one I think I'm going to get is a fucking future phone. I think it's the one I was looking at, too. Um, I'm looking at phones as well. Mine is also four or five years old. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know my phone was that old because it was working fine up until about two months ago. And, I mean, it was a little slow, and the battery's kind of shit. But mm-hmm. other than that, it, it works. It calls people and texts people. But... Yeah, I was actually pretty impressed. They had, I mean, three-fourths of the phones were your standard, like, iPhone-style phone. But I was pretty impressed to see that there are some innovative designs because my favorite time in cell phone technology is right before the iPhone came out, companies were coming up with all sorts of crazy designs for phones. Oh, yeah. Like, the Sidekick, you had the LG Envy. The stupid uh, juke that looked like a tampon. Yeah. Yeah, the Juke. There was the LG Chocolate that like slid up I like had a the Matrix phone. Too. Yep. There was the one Iron Man had in Iron Man One that had the screen that flipped up sideways. Yeah. And 
So I'm glad to see that there's companies that are just throwing caution to the wind and like trying some new shit rather than just like, no, we'll just come out with another slippery germ brick that's Mm -hmm. got a camera on the back. And so the one I'm looking at is the LG. I can never remember the name, but it flips up like the Iron Man phone. Sideways. Yeah, it's got a touch screen and it's still thin as fuck, but it flips up and your touch screen flips up sideways and you've got a third screen there on the bottom. Oh, neat. Let me see if I can find a picture of this So the one I was looking at is a Samsung and it's like a normal greasy germ brick, except this part right here, if you're holding it down flat in your hand, you can fold it open like this. Ah, like a laptop? And it's a flat screen. There's no break in the screen. There's no joint or anything like that. And How it's just does a that flat even screen. work? I don't know. I need to go put my hands on one. But it just opens up, and then you've got a tablet. And then you can fold it back up, and it's back to a normal phone. And I think I, think I like that design the most, because I always like the thing that you can store smaller and then make it bigger if yeah, you need to. Same. Yeah. But, like, my phone's a decent size. It's what... I don't know, five and a half, six and a half inch screen or whatever. Yeah. But a, you know, but, you know, it's what, six inches by three inches or something like yeah. that. But if I could make it six by six or whatever, yeah. like, that'd be great. And then little kickstand maybe. And well, they've you, got the, you got a media player. They've right got there. the new razors that are kind of like that. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, you remember the razors. They were dope little phones. That oh, was yeah. like the thinnest thing anybody had seen at that yeah. point in life. Uh, I, I didn't like them because I felt like I was going to snap it in half. Yeah. They were pretty tough little phones. They though. were. I mean, if you bent it the other way, you could snap it pretty easy. But yeah, good little phones. And so they re-released the razor, but you open it up and it's all touchscreen. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like if you fo- folded your phone or a standard iPhone type and by for those listening, an iPhone type phone, I just mean like, yeah, slippery germ brick with a touchscreen. Button on the front, cameras on the back. Mm-hmm. And basically if you just fold that in half, that's the new razors. And again, I don't see that I don't see how the touchscreen how that works, how the display works like yeah. that. I don't know how you can fold a display. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll find out. Although now's not really the time to go into a phone store and start handling everything. Well, I was surprised at Verizon. This guy, uh, at least Verizon, I went to the one over here on Dayton Boulevard across Mm -hmm. from Mojo Burrito or close there by Mojo Burrito and Valvoline. Yeah. And I was a little, you went in there, it looked desolate, first of all. They don't have all the phones out to play with. He brought a couple demo models out and showed me like as he was talking, he was like, okay, you might like this kind of, it was a lot more akin to like wand shopping and Harry Potter. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) To be honest. Yeah. A little more personal. Yeah. A little more personal. And I feel like the way, I don't know, the guy's number, I've just been texting him. It feels more like I'm buying pot than a phone. (laughs) Because I I went in there specifically yesterday. I was like, I'm not buying. And I told him this. I'm not buying a phone today. I want to see what you got and I want to think about it. Because <clears throat> I realized it had been a while since I'd had a phone. 
He tried real hard to get me to buy one yesterday, and I almost did, but I was like, no, let me think about it, and I'll come back tomorrow. I'm definitely getting a phone tomorrow, but I want to go home and think about which one. And also wanted to do some research Mm -hmm. on some reviews and stuff. Yeah. And so the... I was supposed to go today, but evidently their system was down and he was texting me about it. But um, this, let me find a. Yeah, here we go. This is the phone that I think I'm going to get. Oh, yeah. the screen flips so that it's perpendicular to the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. It basically makes a T. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And at first, when he first showed it to me, I was like, okay, fucking future phone. Yeah. Super gimmicky. But after playing with it, I was like, no, this is actually super useful. So the, I don't know. I feel like flipping it up like that and then having the keyboard on the thin part, like the base of the T Mm -hmm. in your hand, I guess with one hand might work, but then it would be top heavy because that's where the whole entire second screen is. Or and you know the other half of the phone that flips up and becomes a screen. But if you have the if you have the keyboard horizontally on the bottom, so you can use both hands, then you get just super tiny screen. So I don't know. I don't know about that one. Well, and it folds up, and it's like a regular phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see that, and it just yeah, it just. Sort and of I'm lives. I'm kind of curious how it works as well because. It seems like they're two independent screens because one of the things that sold me on it is it showed it like being mounted to your windshield in the car and you can pull up Spotify on one and then pull up directions on another screen. Oh, that's neat. So I was like, that's super useful. It also has a built-in gimbal. I don't even know how that works. Huh. So you can operate gimbal controls with this bottom part and film with the top. Whoa. Yeah. And a 64 megapixel camera. Holy shit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get this. Just I like that it's something weird and it's not a conventional design. I like that. Um, plus, like you said, it's nice to have that secret agent second screen that can get bigger if you need it to. Like if I needed to do something... Like, I've got big thumbs, so it's, like, such a pain for me to text. Yeah. And then also read what I'm trying to text. Like, if I am if I have to copy and paste or... That's why I like the... I think I found it. The uh, Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2. Okay, let's see here. Because, oh, no, it's too small. This... There's too much text in this email or whatever that I'm reading. Let me just flip my phone over and make the screen twice as large. Okay, I think I found it here. Holy shit. This here? Yes. Yes, that. Okay. This review says a truly amazing foldable phone. Yeah. We live in the fucking future, man. That's that's what so I think it's got, I want. It's got a normal phone on the outside. And then a sweet camera on the back. I don't know the specs exactly. But, but you can open it like a laptop. Yeah. That's kick-ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a flat screen. When you open it up, it's a flat, seamless yeah, screen. Yeah, one giant, like the size of a small tablet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it, but I want one. I don't know. Oh, this technology you know, is fucking You know crazy. what else I want? As soon as it's 
consumer friendly or you know viable to get is one of the I don't know if you've seen the prototypes, but like one of the wrist watches or sorry wrist phones, and it's just a small. It looks like a Fitbit almost. And you just put it on your wrist, and then when you go like this, it projects the Whoa. phone screen on your forearm, and it's got a grid, and you can just use your forearm as a touch screen. Whoa. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. what I want. You're you're way down the line on future I want check. one of those. I'm, I like this new phone that's come out. Well, I like the idea of it. Evidently, in practice, it's not that good of a phone. Um... Let's see. I think it's called the Palm phone. You remember Palm? They used to have Palm Pilots and shit. And yeah. And like the Palm Pixie and whatnot. I do. Which I think it was the Palm Pixie. I had that phone and really liked that phone. But yeah, so they've relaunched as a company. And they've got this little phone called the, just the Palm phone. It's their only product. And the whole thing is trying to like dumb down like, oh, you're going to dinner you don't need to have access to all your email and all these movies and Netflix and all this. There's a simple phone that might give you access to your music, text messages, make calls. Yeah. And like you can look directions up and stuff if you need to. But it's fucking tiny. Oh my God. It's like a tiny and it's still like your standard iPhone style phone, but it's tiny, can fit in the palm of your hand. And uh, I feel like you could put that on a keychain. Yeah. And I fucking love the idea of this. And it, it, I think now you can get them as standalone phones, but I think they launched as basically like a, like a watch sort of accessory That's to your phone a, where yeah. it's like you can do everything your phone can do, but it's not a standalone device. Like you have to have a phone and you can leave your phone in the car mm -hmm. and take this guy with you into a restaurant or something. But yeah, I love the idea of this. Evidently in practice... It has shit battery life, mm -hmm. and it's just, like, not that great. But it's their first product. We'll see where they go. Because one of my favorite phones to this day was this little uh, <coughs> Palm Pixie Plus I had. Great little phone. It was fucking tiny, but had a full QWERTY keyboard on it and a touchscreen. Oh, man. Yeah, it was uh, – let me see if I can find this here. I liked my uh, my LG Chocolate. The chocolate was good, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. LG is, has been pretty solid in my experience, and Samsung, I just, I love Samsung. Yeah, that was the Palm Pixie Plus. Yeah, oh, that is tiny. And the really tiny, really simple to use, really good little interface it had. Like, it was just its own Palm interface, and this was right after the iPhone had come out. This is probably like 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. And, uh, yeah, decent little camera, but the keys on it were what was great. They were like little gummy keys. So, like, you could one-hand text on a QWERTY keyboard, like, really easy on this thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's nice. I had a BlackBerry 2 or something like that for a little mm. while. That When I was babysitting for these guys back in Rockville, um, one of them would do... Uh, Amazon reviews so they would always send him all this shit yeah and he would review it and then he'd just have it and in addition to paying me to watch their kids I would get 
Uh, you'll have to talk to Will about this, but I think he still has it. I, I got like a rock band guitar, but it's like a weighted rock band guitar. Whoa. And it had not only the squeedleys, the, like the squeedly buttons and the meadly buttons, but there was also like a slide pad on there and like a whole bunch of extra buttons and everything. And it, it felt like a guitar. It was fucking awesome. Uh, gave me that. Gave me a... Um, uh, Another one of the, I used to have another one of the cameras that I already have. Uh, it got stolen by one of my shitty old roommates, but they gave that along with like a, you know, five hundred dollars zoom mm-hmm. lens or something like that. Damn. They just gave them this stuff, and he was like, "Oh, I already have one," or like, you know, "I've got this instead." Just here you go. I was like, "All right, cool, sure, I'll take this. Yeah, I'll help you. Uh, I'll I'll even let you know how it works. <laughs> you can write your review about it." Damn. Yeah. Consider doing that. Yeah. Like as a as a hobby for a while. But mm. yeah, no, I just send him stuff all the time. Yeah, I had a Blackberry for a little bit. I like the Blackberries pretty good. I don't I think they're a it. company anymore, are they? I don't know. They didn't have any Blackberry phones at Verizon when I was there, but I had a Blackberry Bold or something like that. Yeah. Something. But I I miss the phones that had the full keyboards. I liked the full keyboards on the phone, mm-hmm. but I mean, to have that and a touch screen, the phone would be huge unless you're a Palm Pixie plus. Right. And you're awesome. Like if they were just to create that phone again, but with better camera and just have it run on Android. Yeah. That would be a perfect fucking phone. Have that form factor. It does look really small. But with Android and a kick-ass camera, you'd be set. So uh, I was over at Old Chicago the other night, and one of the servers, this guy Ty, he started a business during COVID where he restores uh, gaming systems and stuff. Mm. He'll do everything from, you know, the most modern to, you know, I don't know, probably Atari 2600. And he was like, I want you to take a look at this. And he flung a Game Boy Color across the counter, and it, like, spun in front of me as it landed. And I picked it up with one hand and started going like this. And I was like, wait a minute, like this, as as all of you can see, of course, yeah. moving my thumb around, using it in one hand, because it's about the size of my phone, yeah. except for thicker. It's maybe an, an inch or two thick, inch and a half maybe, and about the size of my phone. And I can hit the D-pad, I can hit the A and B buttons, start select and everything with just one hand. And he was like, yep, most people pick it up like that. And I was like, holy shit, that's not, that's not how you play one of these. And, you know, I I put it in both hands and I was like cramping up with my thumbs and stuff. Used to playing on my Switch. Yeah. Which is like, what, six, eight inches long, probably eight inches long or so. And yeah, it's just, that's how, that's how things are now. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, to think how your hands would be so cramped up holding a Game Boy back in the day. I mean, it's meant for a child's hand, I imagine. Like, I don't think there were a ton of adult like it wasn't marketed towards adults, I'm pretty sure. No. Like no, at it all. Wasn't. And where the, you know, so and like current systems are. But it does make you think, like between our cell phones and game systems and like our generation with Game Boys. And even for a child, like you remember how small the like original Nintendo and even the Super Nintendo controllers were. Yeah. About the size of this phone. Yeah. <laughs> um well the regular Nintendo controllers are tiny. They're like two inches tall. They are tiny. 
Yeah, I guess they. Yeah, are they really are small. really. They're probably about that big. Yeah, and it makes you wonder how, like, they find mummies and shit dug up with like mm-hmm. the current trends in fashion or shoes in that era, and how it deforms people. Mm-hmm. Like, what operating our phones and playing video games, how that is altering our human physiology in the long run, like Hmm. people that are going to be digging up our corpses of like, these humans look different. Like what they're going to find that looks different. Like their hand muscles are crazy. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, They're more susceptible to carpal tunnel in these times. Yeah. Yeah. Hand muscles are crazy. Well, I guess they couldn't tell muscles shit, but. I mean, you never know. Our eyes could adapt so we can process blue light better Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, nature's fucking crazy. Yeah. You can't control it. Yeah, it just does. <laughs> yeah. It, it it has been, always will be, like, nature wins. Don't fuck with nature. Mm-hmm. I've always said don't fuck with nature. Never yeah. underestimate that bitch. Well, Ian Malcolm said, he's like, finds a way. Oh, this smells really good. I haven't even tried this yet. This Madagascar sour with passion fruit, lychee, Madagascar tea, and vanilla. I definitely smelled the passion fruit as I was pouring it yeah, into the glass. from Odd Story Brewing. It's a good bit of flavor text there on the back if you want to give it a go. Ooh, that's sour. Ooh. All right. All right. This golden sour. Oh, it's making my mouth water. It was fermented on passion fruit, lychee, a Madagascar tea blend, and Madagascar vanilla to create a bright tropical sour bursting with flavor it is passion fruit and lychee overwhelm your taste buds with a balance of sweet and tart our house mix our house mixed culture creates sharp acidity that plays well with hints of vanilla sweetness and subtle earthy notes from the black tea this juicy sour is the perfect complement to the end of summer (coughs) 7.3 percent 11 ibus 40 degrees Fahrenheit is the ideal drinking temp. I'm going to give it to Odd Story. They, they, and I say this every time, I think. They like really stepped their game yeah, up they really since did. the first time we were there. Yeah. That first night they opened, we were in there. I felt like it was a little rough. But they have stepped up their game so hard. Mm. Yeah, that's good. You taste every one of those fruits in there. It's a little sour, especially coming off these other ones. But it's good. Mm-hmm. But moving on to uh, our last topic or whatever here I wanted to talk about. So I saw this posted online. I thought it was an interesting question. And I think I'm going to try to do something like this each week. Is uh, This guy posed the question. He basically posted it. It was on uh, one of the beer subreddits I'm on. He basically posed it like he's like 30, 31. And he seemed... I don't know, a little naive or so, but he had evidently not drank up until this point because he was afraid of becoming an alcoholic. But he tried a non-alcoholic beer for the first time and really enjoyed it, and he said he woke up wanting a beer. Which maybe, having said that, maybe he should be worried about being an alcoholic. (laughs) But, But he posed the question, he was like, with that in mind... Somebody that's 30, 31 that doesn't know anything about beer 
and the culture of where people learn about beer, like in college and things like that, has since passed. Where would you advise someone to start? And I thought that was an interesting question. Is like if you're looking to get into beer beyond just like, oh, I'm going to drink some Bud Lights on a Saturday at the game or whatever. Yeah. Aside from that, and you're looking to get into beer, where would you suggest somebody start or what would you suggest somebody do to get into it? Well, I think naturally uh, I would suggest that he head down to Riverside Wine and Spirits and pick up mm. the Brew Chat six-pack. There we go. And listen to a couple episodes yeah. and have a couple drinks with us and, you know, get to learn yeah. some things and <clears throat> hear some interesting conversation or not so interesting conversation, depending on who you are and how you look at it. But either way, I find it entertaining. And uh, that'd be a good spot. But really anywhere that you can try multiple beers and really get a feel of yeah. what you think you might like. And um, anywhere that you can build your own six pack or something mm -hmm. like that is a good place to start. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that or go to a local brewery in your city mm -hmm. and just sit down where you can get a flight of a bunch of different beers of like two, three ounces, whatever they're doing. Try a bunch of different beers. Start with the less hoppy ones and then just go down the chart and see what you like and what you don't like and just make notes of that somehow yeah. in your head or on a piece of paper or whatever. And yeah, just experiment. I mean, I'm trying to think. I I just got into beer like I was already a little bit into it. Not even into it, I would say, but I definitely had like opinions on like my favorite. All I was drinking was shitty beer at the time. I was considered Stella Artois, like fancy beer. But even when I turned 21, I already had like a little bit of opinions on beer, at least enough to be like, yeah, eh, I like PBR more than Bud Light, you know, but I wasn't drinking anything fancy. It wasn't till maybe a year or two before starting this show up that I really started to actually be conscious and get into beer. And yeah, it's just sort of a trial and error. I'd say mm -hmm. a large portion of it is like, just try shit. Yeah. Yeah. We're fortunate that we get to try all this crazy shit yeah. all the time. Yeah. But yeah, that's all you got to do. I mean, I didn't care for beer. And then uh, when I was in college, it, it wasn't necessarily a college event, but it was an event in a college town at our, like our favorite spot to go to mm -hmm. and drink. Um, there was a beer tasting like educational event. And some of us signed up and uh, there were a couple other people that didn't go to the school there. I mean, it was still a town. People live there. So um, it was maybe 12 folks and they had a bunch of beers. They put in tasters and passed around. And it was, you know, this guy who was proctoring it, I guess, for lack of a better term. And he was going over like, OK, here's here's this beer. Here's this same beer that sat in sunlight instead of in like a cool dark place yeah. and it was you know night and day and you actually get to taste the difference next to each other and uh and then it came with like a beer of your choice from the bottle shop at the mm. at the bar and so like we we tried lambics and he talked about open fermentation and stuff like that and uh that's when i had the number nine that was my first yeah. like 
my favorite beer. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, when I was in college after I turned 21. Magic Hat number nine. And it remains to this day one of my favorite beers. Like, yeah. I find it a little sweet sometimes, but well, sometimes. it's still a good beer. I don't think I can. It's not readily available enough for yeah. me to drink it enough that it gets too sweet for me. Yeah. No, that's. that's I remember, I'll, re- I'll recommend that as a as a first beer. I think it's a pretty yeah. solid one. No, that one and Red Stripe was one of the Red first Stripe. ones I learned to like. It wasn't anything special. It's just a lager, like a Jamaican lager. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really liked me some Red Stripe. I'm trying to think what else I got into pretty early, but yeah, I remember back in the day, like, uh, which isn't even that long ago. I'm talking like 2008 or nine. Yeah. There wasn't bottle shops. Like there was a package store. Yeah. But, and then I I can't remember if liquor stores had beer or not, but I remember I would go to a package store in Murfreesboro when I was in college and I would just like grab stuff because I was curious. You could go there or World Market had a mm. build your own six pack. And that's the first place I remember seeing a build your own six pack place was at World Market. Yeah. And I couldn't wait to turn 21 and do that. And I still remember to this day, like most of the beers I had in that. I had a. World Market's gone right now, aren't they? Didn't they close? No, they, they're still around. That's Earth Fair. Yeah, Earth Fair's not around, but World Market's still there out of Hamilton Place. Um, which sidebar, if you need, like, I may never, I'm in the process of swapping out my, uh, like flatware in my kitchen, like my plates and shit Mm kind of, I need to do the same thing. Set by set is like, I just kind of have this hand me down set, but I was like, nah, I'm going to buy a nice set that I like. That's my choice. Yeah. I just have like some of my parents old flatware which is nice stuff but it's not stuff i picked um i was like no nah, i'm old enough where like i'm gonna grab something i like and then i also want something that looks good for photos so i've been slowly buying stuff mm-hmm. and i had an epiphany is like they sell sets like at stores that come with like four bowls and four plates right. and four so you know so on and so forth but i think i'm gonna buy it all individually and world market has an incredible selection of all that stuff but like fairly simple stuff, like uh, just square white plates or something. Mm-hmm. And then if one breaks, you can just go buy a new one. Yeah. Yeah. If you just You're not just like, well, I guess I'm short a plate now because I gotta, I'm not going to go buy a whole new set. Yeah. So, but anyway, digressing there. The world market <laughs> built a six pack. That was the first place I did something like that. And I did it on my birthday. And I remember I got, I don't know if I can remember them all, but there was a blue moon in there, but it wasn't the regular blue moon, like white Belgian or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, the one you put an orange in, it was some other blue moon that I'd never seen before. They got a couple. And then there was a Warsteiner. Uh, I want to say it was some sort of stout. And I was not about that. I put a Guinness in there because I'd never had a Guinness. And this was, I don't know if they've still got them because I've not had a Guinness out of a bottle in so long. But this, like, do they still have the little doodad in there? Yeah. In the bottle? In the bottle, I don't know. In the can, yes. In in the can, yeah. But they had like a little, like, 
doodad thing in the bottle that you could shake around when it was empty and hear it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got that. Yeah, I and still got that. That's, that's how it releases the nitrogen. Okay. Because, you know, since it's since it's a nitro beer, all you do is you crack it and you pour it straight down. Yeah. You don't have to worry about tilting it at a 45-degree angle or anything like that. Like, you just straight up. Yeah. I love scaring people with it. Mm-hmm. Whenever I have a nitro beer and I'm like, hey, uh, Heather, watch me pour this beer. And I just <laughs> straight up and down. She's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> it's chaos. I'll, like, hold it over the laptop or something and be yeah. like, watch this. I freaked William out with that once too. He's like, you're going to spill it. Like, I'm not going to spill it. Please. You've listened to the podcast. (laughs) I remember the first time you did that on here. It got me. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. All those years ago. (laughs) Love it. It's like turning a blizzard upside down. Yeah. 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 I would say uh, for somebody looking to get into beer. Yeah. Just find you a bottle shop and go pick some stuff out that judge book by its cover. Grab mm-hmm. some shit that, I don't know, that's how I pick stuff a lot of times. That's how I picked the the wiper time. Yeah. And that was our favorite one of the night. So, Although yeah. this odd story, I'm really liking that one. The odd story is really good. I'm going to bump that up to number two, actually. Yeah. I do like it quite a bit. Yeah. Or um, head to head to your one of your local breweries, because mm-hmm. there's probably more than one, because everywhere's got breweries. And... Uh, Talk to the bartender. Yeah. Get a sampler of what they have on draft and get them to, you know, run through a couple styles mm-hmm. with you. And, you know, they they should, if they're any sort of competent bartender, mm-hmm. be able to have a conversation with you about what kind of beers you usually like and yeah. be able to recommend something. Well, and that's the well thing. not beers you usually like, but yeah, like if, something you tried, if you liked it. Do you like this? Do you like this? Yeah. Well, you might like this. Well, and that's the thing, too, is generally people in the beer industry are pretty cool people for the most part. And yeah, just sit at the bar and talk to them and tell them you don't know shit about shit. Be like, I'm in here to like, try to see what I like. Mm -hmm. Generally they'll let you try some shit and it's not like you don't free probably. Yeah. Like they're not going to be like, well, you have to order this beer and it's this much. Like they're generally pretty cool about it. Yeah. So as far as big river goes, I tell my servers to, Usually try and keep it to two or three tasters. Yeah. I mean, that's an ounce of beer. That's, you know, three ounces of beer at that point. Mm -hmm. Like you're getting to the part where you should be paying for the beer. Mm -hmm. It's like Baskin Robbins. Don't taste all 30 fucking flavors. Yeah. Use some common sense and be decent. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm going to shut her down here. Yeah, I think uh, I think this was this is a lot of fun. It was yeah. a good idea to keep it sort of uh, chill tonight. I think. Yeah, it's nice to have it chill. I feel like I've been running rampant since October started. Just getting that Oktoberfest ready. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be a little bit more of a time investment than I realized it would be, but it was a good time. I'm not. I don't regret it or anything. It was a really good time. Oh, definitely. Learned a lot, and uh, yeah, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's on YouTube now. So if you want to go check that out, it's just an hour get to learn about Oktoberfest. We talk about some history of Steins and it's really more about what they have to say. I don't really do it, provide anything to the conversation <laughs> really, other than just being there and having beer. So yeah, go check it out. They've got some cool stuff to say. Yeah. Um, is anything interesting going on? At- we have started doing some live music events yeah. at big river. We had, um, pastor bill, 
um, who a lot of folks around here know. Mm. Um, he did a, uh, he hosted like a gospel show this past Sunday after his church was done. They came over and they had a, it was pretty nice turnout um, outside and, and all that and uh, keeping people distant and everything went pretty well. And then uh, yesterday, as of this recording, we did uh, uh, one of our bar regulars, Kenny, has a band as well, and uh, they set up outside and played. <clears throat> and unfortunately, they got rained out after about an hour or so, but uh, we, we'd like to do that again soon. They're, yeah. they're, they're good guys, and they play some good music. It's uh, <coughs> a lot of classic rock and stuff. They like the Eagles and everything. Mm. Four dudes with guitars, you're going to end up sounding like the Eagles. Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that they play and, uh, they're really cool, really nice guys and hopefully we'll get them back. And then we have Tim Lewis, who's going to start playing on Wednesdays. So that's going to start tomorrow, or I guess as of whenever this airs yesterday or a couple days ago or whatever. Um, but as far as I know, that's going to be Wednesdays, probably starting around six 30. Uh, the time changes next weekend. So I'm not sure exactly mm. what. Um, but yeah, live music, we're going to be doing more events as much as we can, you know, still keeping socially distant, um, as much as possible since, you know, the mandate is lifted and everything. Yeah. More people are coming out, but we're, we're still spacing between tables and everything like that. Keeping events outside and 15 feet between performers and, and all the stuff we were doing before just to be safe. We still got masks and everything yeah. mandated till the 22nd. So mm -hmm. Don't be an idiot. Just bring your mask with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like everywhere. Yeah, just wear a mask. I don't, I don't get it. The people that are like, oh, I have to wear a mask. Like it's been going on. This has been going mm -hmm. on. It's not new. It's not like it didn't start yesterday. I mean, I will admit there there have been times where I've like jetted out of my car and left it in my car. Yeah. But it's like I realize 10, 15 feet. It's like, oh, yeah, mask. Yeah. Turn around and but, go get it. How do you don't make it? Don't be an it? asshole. Don't yell at me because you yeah. gotta put a fucking mask on. You're part of the problem, asshole. Yeah. How do you make it indoors to a place and not see that you're the only person without a mask and think, oh, yeah, mask. Even if you're from out of county and they don't have the mask ma out mandate. Out of state, like, even. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get how you don't have enough self-awareness to like, oh, everybody else has got a mask on and I don't. I guess I'm the, they're idiots. You know, like. Yeah, they're idiots because they're wearing masks. Yeah. Them and everyone else in the world, not you. And you know what? Maybe they are support. idiots, but be safe just in case. We, you know, who yeah. knows? Like, it seems like a good idea. It's definitely not going to hurt. Right. Just wear the goddamn mask. And no, it doesn't affect you if you're asthmatic. And if you're a macho man, no, it doesn't make you look like a pussy. Yeah. So. Chin diaper makes you look like a pussy. Yeah. You you don't look tougher by not wanting to wear the mask. You just look like a dumbass. Yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah, leave it on that note. On that note, get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits. You can go indoors there. They'll still bring it out to your car. And then Merchants on Main, right there on Main Street, across from Pax Brew Room. Tons of cool stuff in there. Barley Tap Room on November 14th. I'm doing a photo show. Come check that out. And then... Check us out at brewchat.com and our new fancy website, and then at hopped up or at the hoppedupnetwork.com with lots of other great beer podcasts. And it's been episode 267. 
We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>